0: welcome to the judge john hodgman podcast i'm bailiff jesse thorne this week pantaloon a c seth and Stephen are colleagues in a broadway show during their rehearsal period seth noticed a handsome pair of pants lying on the floor of their rehearsal studio assuming that it belonged to someone else he left it behind after several months he plucked the pants from a lost and found box presuming then that they were abandoned then one day Seth's co worker Stephen accused him of stealing the pants, and things only got more contentious from there. In this case of finders and losers, who will keep and who will weep? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge Sean Hodgman enters the courtroom.
1: All of you know what I stand for, what I believe. I believe in the truth of the book of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua's, Judges. Swear I'm in, Jesse. Gentlemen, please
0: rise and lift your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. I do. do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he has not worn pants since 1982? I do. do. Very well, Judge Hodgman.
1: Thank you very much, Bailiff Jesse. Nice to see you again in podcast vision.
0: I'm back, and I'm stronger than ever.
1: Um, We do need a strong bailiff in this one. Gentlemen, please stop pressing buttons on your computers. Yes, sir. Okay, stop fiddling with with switches. This is a time of judgment. You both claim to be Broadway actors. Yes, sir. Do you recognize the Broadway play that I was quoting when I yelled at the top of the podcast
2: hmm uh, I could it be 12 angry men I, that was what first came to mind close I close one close
1: right. very close right. it is a courtroom drama
2: inherit the wind
0: inherit the, the
1: wind it is who was
0: that there we go
1: <laughs> I was gonna guess Annie got your gun <laughs> <laughs> sure weirdly it was it was also in spider-man turn off the dark I don't know why <laughs> Which one of you guessed correctly? That was Seth me. Seth. Okay. I'm putting you in the guessed correctly column. (laughs) (laughs) This is an unusual court of law in that uh, if you answer trivia questions, you're more likely to win. (laughs) I didn't even have to read the second quote. I would have given it away, Stephen. (laughs) He said that men sort of evoluted from old world monkeys. You hear that, friends? (laughs) Old world monkeys. According to Bertram Cates, we don't even descend from good American monkeys. <laughs> now, which Broadway play is it from, Stephen? I heard the win. Okay, now you're even. Geez, scales I was of justice Danny got your gun again. I, well, <laughs> in that case, you'd be right. The scales of justice are balanced. I'm ready to hear this case. Seth, you are bringing this complaint to the court. Is that correct?
2: That is correct, Your Honor.
1: All right, Seth, you are the one who took these pants. That is correct. All right, explain to me. You are both actors in a Broadway play. That is correct. Yes. And are you at liberty to tell me which play?
2: I am. I was. Uh, I wasn't sure whether I should do that. I know how much you abhor uh, buzz marketing on your your podcast, but uh, we are in the in the play War Horse, which is currently running. Oh my on goodness! Broadway, really? At Lincoln Center Theater. Yes,
1: that's right. Now, either one of you is going to help me get tickets to that show, right?
2: <laughs> absolutely.
0: <laughs> so, absolutely. I, in no
1: way am I going to be biased. And can one of you guys get me tickets to
2: Annie? Got your gun.
0: Absolutely. I'm putting in the house request, house seat form right now. Thank oh my you.
2: goodness Whenever that play comes back to Broadway, we'll be sure to get you in there, Jesse.
1: <laughs> so you guys, you guys are in this Broadway show about uh, steampunk robot horses in a war, and you were rehearsing for this program. Are you guys actors, or are you? Horse puppeteers in the show War Horse.
2: Well, I am exclusively an actor. Uh, I do no puppeteering in the play, although I have a fair amount of interaction with the puppets. Um, yeah. But Stephen fills both roles. He has several small roles in the ensemble, and also is one of the main puppeteers of the the main horse uh, in the show.
1: The main horse in the show. All right, <coughs> but both of you both of you are required to wear pants in the show. Yes, Absolutely. a new
3: requirement.
2: Yeah. Okay. All
1: right. So go ahead then, Seth, explain, in your words, what happened here.
2: All right. Well, uh, we work at Lincoln Center Theater, which is one of the few uh, theaters on Broadway that has rehearsal facilities in the same building as where the play is performed. Most places rehearse somewhere else and then move to their theater. Uh, But we have both in the same building, so
1: you know, we, a little little braggy, a little braggy there, but go on. (laughs) Exactly. exactly.
2: (laughs) Well, we, we spent a couple of months in rehearsal in our rehearsal room. And then when we moved into our tech rehearsal, we moved on to the stage. So, you know, we moved from downstairs in the rehearsal room to upstairs on stage. And, you know, people sort of left things behind down in the rehearsal room, knowing that they'd have plenty of time to go back and retrieve them. And, uh, Our stage management continuously reminded us to go down and and pick up the things that we had left behind, you know, scripts or
1: Mm -hmm. mugs or Mm -hmm. whatever
2: had been left behind. So I went down uh, to pick up my things. What did you
1: leave behind? Scripts and mugs?
2: Uh, I believe I had left, yeah, uh, maybe uh, a couple of books from uh, research and pencils and things like that. We ch- had our own cubby where our, we could keep our things uh, in the room. Sure,
1: because so, being, on, being on a Broadway show is very much like being in pre-kindergarten.
2: They're very, <laughs> very similar experiences. Yeah.
1: I can imagine. So I'm sure you are not trusted and you're told where to sit all the time. <laughs>
2: Pretty much, actually, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. far off. Uh, so, you know, I was gathering my things, and Right, your books,
1: that, your books, a little braggy again, Right, it's fine.
2: <laughs> I do read, uh, a little bit. Uh, anyway, so I was, I was picking up my stuff and I noticed the few other things that had still been left behind. And one of the things that I noticed was this pair of pants, which is, you know, it's a pair of, of linen uh, I'll ask you to describe pants the pants in a
1: moment. Let's just get to the crux okay. of the matter.
2: Very good. Yes, so I noticed them there, but... So you, I was you sure noticed
1: some, some pants that didn't belong to you.
2: Exactly. They were left behind. And yeah, yeah. And, and I said to myself, well, I'm sure someone is going to come and retrieve them. They must belong to
1: someone. And since you were an actor, you probably said that to yourself out loud, right? Did you did you turn to the audience and say, I'm sure someone will be back anon to retrieve these pants saloons?
2: I did. And All I right. tried it in a few different accents to figure out which was the best. I right. don't remember which I landed on. But um
1: look, you may be mad uh, north by northwest, but you can tell a hand from a hacksaw. <laughs> Indeed. I, know, I think that's um, it. I don't know. I just did that off the top of my head, podcast <laughs> listeners, so easy. Oh, and just let me pause for a second. Podcast listeners, thank you. I got it. Okay? The helicopter that carries the president around is Marine One, not Air Force Two. You may stop emailing me now. Understood. I messed up. Okay, so you saw these pants lying around. You didn't claim them at that point for yourself.
2: No, I didn't. I, I trusted that whoever they belonged to uh, would come and find them and, and reclaim them as their own. Right. So I, I left them alone there.
1: How long? Were, uh, how long did you leave them alone?
2: Approximately, just a little less than four months after I had initially saw, seen them in the rehearsal room, and they were still lying in this box in our green room. I decided that whoever had left them right. had abandoned them, forgotten about them. All right, stop. Now it
1: is time for someone else to talk. You are so. Just so that I understand. You saw the pants abandoned. You forgot about them. And roughly four months after that, they were still in the box?
2: Well, three months after I saw three them months. in the box first, four months total from the first time that so are, I saw them. So
1: for, for, for four months total. So are you trying to point out that uh, War Horse is a very successful, long-running show?
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> we uh, we have been running for a while and ho- hopefully for a while longer. Whoa. All right.
1: that was You went too far. <laughs> The box was what kind of box? Was it a cardboard box?
2: It's a plastic bin. A
1: plastic so. bin. And this plastic bin is where every this is where you put all the things that are unclaimed together so that all the bed bugs have one place to live. <laughs> 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 also known as a cool. lost and found box. That's correct. Okay. So this was a lost and found box. Correct. Stephen. Yes. These are your pants?
3: They are my pants.
1: I mean, they were your pants. Now the ownership is—they are
3: no longer in my possession.
1: They are no longer in your possession. Why don't you care about your pants?
3: <laughs> well, I, I concede the fact that uh, I, I, I misplaced them and forgot about them for some time. That's How do you misplace
1: true. your pants? <laughs> the the thing—the thing that I disagree with, Seth. How on is, do you misplace <laughs> pants? Well, actually. The Look, reason, I, understand, I understand I understand that you are you are a member of the ensemble and an occasional puppeteer. <laughs> yes. And I understand that because you are in show business, you are constantly taking off your clothes <laughs> for professional and personal reasons. Well actually But what happened? Pants- what was the situation in which you forgot your pants someplace? <laughs> because I'll tell you something if that happened in my life, that would be a real problem. <laughs> Certainly.
3: And in, and in, in normal In fact, walks of life, I'll tell
1: be... you something right now. I had a dream last night. If, it, if, if I were to leave my pants behind someplace, that would be a nightmare. Literally, <laughs> I had a dream last night, a nightmare, in which I was at my friend John Roderick's house, where I've never been, in Seattle, and he had a swimming pool, and I went swimming in the pool and then decided that I would take the subway home to my apartment in Manhattan from Seattle. And it was on the subway that I realized... I was just wearing a towel <laughs> and then I woke up screaming and that was a dream. Sure, sure, yes. Most people i look, I'm wealthy in, in a lot of ways and luck and good fortune and obviously money, but I'm not <laughs> pants rich or at least not so much that I'm going to be leaving them around in rooms so I'm going to ask you this yes. one more time, and I want an answer that is clear. How did you come to leave your pants behind in this public space?
3: Because they were pants I used for rehearsal. I couldn't use blue jeans in rehearsal because of the extensive...
1: Oh, because of the dress code. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, uh, I, now I understand. Because yes, because so, so rehearsal, like room, the rehearsal room is the formal only. It's like the magic castle, basically. Right. right.
3: <laughs> okay. So, like many people in the cast, I had um, like clothes that I use for rehearsal, which are very free to move in and stuff like that. So, I had three pairs of pants that I wore, you know, typically in rehearsal for those purposes. And um, one of those pairs of pants, the the blue pants, I I left behind. I didn't leave them in my cubby because when the announcements were made to go pick up your stuff, I did go down. I went to my cubby. I cleared that out completely.
1: I don't want to hear um, any you know what guys, seriously, the whole cubby issue is not only <laughs> not only confusing to to me and and thus to the podcast listening audience, sure, but sure. but I don't want to hear grown men talking about their cubbies. <laughs> I find that really okay. unseemly, you know what I mean? Like if you have to refer to something say locker But but I need to stop you now because I just need a point of clarification. Let's stipulate the pants that are in dispute. Are these the blue pants? Yes. Okay. The blue pants are are the ones in dispute. One of the many pairs of pants that you would carry around with you. In order to be free and easy in the rehearsal room, is that correct?
3: I had a few pairs at rehearsal in my locker.
1: How many backup I, pants I had, do you usually have in life?
3: I had I had three pairs of workout pants there.
1: Are these hammer pants? Is like <laughs> no, no, no. Like that you can they're they're just, like ease of uh, movement.
3: No, what are, they're they're like gym gym pants, and then I had um a pair the pair of linen pants as well.
1: Okay, so the blue pants, now we'll get to the description of the pants, because I I do feel I need to know now. We are talking about the blue pants, which are made of linen. They are not obviously gym pants, because only I go to the gym in linen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you and literary celebrity Tom Wolfe. That's right. (laughs) Well, we're at the same gym. (laughs) okay so they're blue linen pants um are they elastic waist no uh
3: they have a drawstring waist
1: whoa okay drawstring waist do they have pockets uh, they do, yeah. Okay, I'm just trying to determine whether these are pants or weird pajamas. Where are they from? What brand are they?
2: I got them
1: at H&M. and m H&M. Hang on, I'm just going gotta, to trying to look. You didn't send in a picture, did you? I,
2: I did send in, as as my evidence, I sent in a picture of myself wearing the pants, and I believe Stephen might have done as well. I sent
1: in pictures as well, yeah. Okay, excuse me. Let, me. let me check here. Oh, here we are. Okay, I see here a nice picture of a man reading the book, The Areas of My Expertise. Oh, what? A- <laughs> In an actorly pose. This will be posted on the website, <laughs> maximumfun.org. Uh, and wearing, okay, I see now these blue linen drawstring pants, weird hybrid pants. They kind of look like jeans at first glance until you realize mm-hmm. they do. They do, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they seem to fit. And then there's a, a picture of utter squalor. Four dudes <laughs> sitting around a hookah. <laughs> Where are the pants in this picture? I don't see them anymore. Um,
3: I I am wearing them on the left side of the picture. They're rolled up. They're they're pretty loose so you can roll them up and wear them as shorts too a little bit. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right, first of all, just a little people can go to the maximumfun.org website and and check these photos out for themselves. But uh but this is a a picture of four dudes in <laughs> in what looks to be this a squalid <laughs> a, a squalid hookah house. Sitting around a hookah, where I suppose they're smoking tobacco legally, there are a bunch of, like, uh, wall-to-wall carpeting and, like, bed-bug-ridden, second-hand, (laughs) reclining sofas of various colors and textures. A Fight Club poster and a Back to the Future poster... (coughs) On the wall, I would imagine stuck onto that wall with that disgusting blue sticky poster tacky stuff, (laughs) right? The most depressing tortiere lamp in the corner that I've ever seen with a (laughs) bare bulb sticking out of it. No less than two pair of disgusting flip-flops abandoned on the floor. (laughs) And even worse, it looks like like a, a cheap Circulon pot. Sitting That's on right. the floor, holding- John, what
3: you're seeing is the legendary
1: Marathon Party House
3: from uh, Syracuse University.
1: Okay. Which is, of course, the feeder school to all of our finest Broadway plays. <laughs> 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 Syracuse University is kind of the Juilliard of Syracuse. It, it is. The point <laughs> it that I'm is. trying to say here, this does not look <laughs> like a scene from Fame. No, 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 no. This This looks like a scene from Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> this looks like Jesse's house from Breaking Bad, and you, meanwhile, are reclined on this like weird suede lazy boy sectional sofa <laughs> with your yeah. with your beloved blue linen H and M pants. And then there's another picture of you walking around with your shirt off.
3: Actually, that's Seth, and that, oh, that picture is a little bit more...
1: Oh. Well, that makes more sense. Sense. that makes more sense, because Seth is so braggy, and he's exactly. the one who would have it.
3: Seth, 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 this is one of the many times that Seth waltzed in and we're, wearing my pants and...
1: The pants? Shall we just say the, the pants?
3: Yes, the pants, parading them around and uh, insulting me and teasing me in front of uh, our castmates about the uh, his, okay. his his... Uh, his Conquering of the, the or his... Um, right.
1: he's, flaunting, he's flaunting, he's flaunting the pants and his weird hairless actorly body. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. Because he's Braggy did Seth. Yes, yes. Braggy sir. Seth, where did you go to college?
2: I'm a little embarrassed to say because you, you called Syracuse the Juilliard of, uh, I went to Juilliard. You went, went to, to
1: Juilliard. Juilliard. Do you think you're better than Stephen?
2: Absolutely not, not, mm-hmm.
1: not in any way. But you went to Juilliard, <laughs> right? <laughs> I did. And he went to Animal House University. <laughs> he probably had more fun. And That's you, and was. you are, you made, you took pains to point out at the beginning that you are a actor only. Mm. And then you made pains to point out that Stephen is a member of the ensemble and worse, <laughs> a puppeteer. Oh my gosh.
2: <laughs> well, I, I would say, that, I mean, I've always, and Stephen will back me up on this, I've always made a point of saying that the horses are the real stars yeah. of our show. Look. And, Steven is one of
1: those yeah you know what you're right anyone should go on the internet right now if they haven't seen this show and look up these horses that are puppets in this show it is astonishing I happened to see this horse at the TED conference and my mind was blown and so was Al Gore's but I haven't seen the show yet so I'm counting on one of you
3: hey man you got it
1: thank you Steven where so you went to Syracuse what did you study there Puppeteer. I started acting as well.
3: Uh, No, I'm actually an actor by trade
1: as well. Oh, an actor by trade, not by art, not by art. No, no, by trade. A A common tradesman. A journeyman. Humble tradesman. A humble tradesman. The humblest of trades, I dare say.
4: <laughs> Indeed, it is.
1: I'm, you know, I, I'm trying. I have a new policy where every case of Judge Shen Hodgman is now going to come down to class warfare. <laughs> okay. When did you figure out that Seth was walking around wearing pants that you had left behind out of your, out of your him, cubby?
3: The first time I saw him wearing them, I said, "Those are my pants." At which point, he ran from the room.
1: <laughs> do you have? Do you have a? Do you have? Oh, really? Do you have a cognitive disability where you can only recognize your own clothing when it is being worn by someone else?
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: I do. Did you notice that your pants were missing for the four months that you did not have I, them in your possession? I did
3: notice that they were missing. Now this is during. The did you? I mean, we just please
1: answer my questions. Yes. Where did you yes, think sir. they were?
3: Um, I actually thought they were at home, and I was looking at home primarily. I thought I'd brought them home.
1: Right, because you're leaving. I pants did look at well. be You could be looking anywhere for your pants. Sure. <laughs> Ah, My pants. Where could I possibly have left my pants? There's so many places. (laughs) So many chances for me to take my pants off. It could be anywhere. Let me retrace my steps. I woke up this morning and took and took a pair of pants off. So it could have been there. And then I was I drove in to the to the theater and I took my pants off in my car. So I got to check my car.
3: (laughs) The other th- point that I think is important is that I was not aware that we had a lost and found. Otherwise, I definitely would have looked in it.
1: There, so you were my, not aware that you had left the pants behind?
3: Uh, no, I knew, that I, I, I knew that I had misplaced them and I was looking for them, but I didn't know that at the theater we had a lost and found in the green room.
1: Did you make any if, effort to ask around if anyone had seen your pants in the theater?
3: Um, I had been asking around. I had been looking, but... I, Do you, I can I you present
1: that. any evidence that you had been looking around? You can interview my girlfriend if you'd like. She she can attest to the fact. Oh, I will I wasn't. be interviewing your girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate Stephen that as an actor in a Broadway play, it is very important to you to remind everyone that you have a girlfriend. I will verify that. Are you there? <laughs> But did you put up any posters? I didn't. I hadn't gotten to the point of putting up posters yet. No. You knew you knew they were missing, and you're asking me to take on faith that you were looking for them, and then the first time it occurred to you that you might have left them behind in the theater was the moment that braggie Seth walked through with his shirt off, going, "Check out my new pants." <laughs> That was the first time you put two and two together.
3: no I, and I realized, realized you had left them, them behind somewhere but but like I said I, I I hadn't i I hadn't found them up until that point or hadn't had
1: um, and lost and found Seth and when
2: Stephen
1: sure th- yeah. saw you wearing the pants and said those are my pants. is it true that you ran guiltily from the room?
2: not exactly <laughs> what, what, <laughs> happened. <laughs> what happened was I, I so when I first found the pants. I would, there were several other castmates around me, and I asked the people around me if they thought it was a good idea for me to take the pants. I explained how long they had been lost, and and, uh, and your cast friend. members
1: and your cast members, of course, said, "No, those pants are garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it is no, weird for you to wear abandoned pants. You went to well, Juilliard. It is not that bad. You will do okay <laughs> in life. You do not need to stoop to this." <laughs> Look at, um, the, look at the label. If you like those pants, I think H&M probably still has a store somewhere where you can buy pants <laughs> for the $2 that they are selling them for.
2: <laughs> well, in fact, uh, my good friend and castmate, Ian, uh, who's another actor in the play, encouraged me to, to take the pants. He thought that whoever they had belonged to had abandoned them, and so... Uh, And so on, you know, he encouraged me to do so. So I took them. And then later that day, I was wearing them and went into Ian's dressing room, uh, where there were a few guys sitting around playing cards, Stephen being one of them. And, uh, and Ian asked me, I wasn't, you know, showing them off intentionally or making a point about them. Ian asked me, you know, Hey, how are those pants working out for you? They, they look good on Ah. you or something to that effect. That was how the the attention was called to them. And then Steven looked up. And said, "Hey, those are my pants." And I did not run screening from the room. I said, I, "I said correction, they used to be your pants. They're my pants now." But I felt, you know, a lot of tension building up from Stephen, a lot of anger. <laughs> so I decided to, I decided to remove myself from the situation
1: <laughs> by running.
2: I don't recall. Uh, oh, Yes. There said. were a, there were other there were other instances where Stephen was you know physically threatening me while I was wearing the pants where I may have run away from him. Uh, at other
1: instances, What's physically threatening. <laughs> <you>? Like what? <laughs> <Multiple times. laughs> Stephen. Stephen. What Stephen. It's one? Seth's turn to talk. Yes. <laughs> How did Stephen physically threaten you?
2: Something should be said. We grew up together. I've known Stephen since I was 12 or 13 years old. So mm-hmm. we've always had a, a, a rather.
1: But Stephen you know, always lived on the other side of the tracks, right, <laughs> <laughs> Um Would you sneak his family food in the winter?
2: <laughs> Stephen and I have always had a very, mm-hmm. you know, bro- brotherly guy, sort of rough housey relationship. Sure. Uh, so, you know. As you would in in expect
1: these- from any pair of Broadway actors.
2: Exactly, right. exactly um, and that that relationship continues to this day, but I would say Stephen is physically stronger than me being a puppeteer he and a, and a, a guy who works out Has quite he threat a lot more did he physi-
1: do. does he f- actually physically did he say i 'm going to punch you in the nose <laughs> if you don't give those back no no, no he, he okay.
2: actually he does this thing where he sort of tickles people, but it, it actually kind of hurts he he tickles
1: very rigorously right. And, uh, <laughs> A broad, a Broadway fight. I get it exactly right. Okay, backstage Broadway fight. <laughs> and then, but how did it how did it end up that you know you knew each other, you you did plays together, and then one of you went to the amazing Juilliard School, and then the other one the other one applied to a community college, <laughs> For, and got a degree in talking loud. <laughs> and now and now you both end up in the same Broadway play except Stephen is like watching you on stage from behind a fake horse. I mean just so, Stephen, are you stalking Seth? What's going on? How does this happen in life that you guys end up in the no, same
3: production? It is pretty remarkable though that we ended up in the same production after uh growing up together and uh, kind of going separate ways. Yeah, it is pretty amazing.
1: But this is the first time that you have reuned in this way?
3: Uh, yeah, this is the first time we've worked together since uh,
2: we
1: were about 13 or 14 years old, yeah?
2: But we have remained friends and, and seen each other frequent yeah. throughout that period of time.
1: Oh, okay. And, uh, all right, I think I have all the information I need to make my decision. I'm going to go into chambers. Um, Seth and Stephen, you can talk to uh, bailiff Jesse Thorne. Seth, try not to be too braggy. Please
0: rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Seth, Stephen, the judge framed this as uh, a a matter of class warfare. (laughs) Um, Seth, would you say that you're practicing a sort of reverse redistribution of wealth?
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm really not sure how that uh, an idea of class warfare made it into this kind of case. Um, But I I don't think I'm doing anything of the sort. I think I just found some cool pants and uh, and I want to keep them. (laughs)
0: Stephen, I think we can all agree that you're the kind of guy that we'd like to have a beer with. (laughs) How does it feel to have your pants so cruelly taken away from you?
3: Uh, Well, you know, I I thought it was all in good fun. I think Seth's had his fun, but I do think that the pants need to revert back to their original owner.
0: I mean, you were so poor that you had to use these pants both as pants and as
3: shorts. I did. They were were the only clothing that I had for my lower body for quite some time, yeah.
0: Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the court.
1: Uh, Well, this is a a tough one. Uh, Rich versus poor. (laughs) This is a tough one because I really did go into this. feeling very moved by Seth's argument. First of all because he recognized the inherit the wind quote. <laughs> Second of all because there was a clear I mean look, I don't ever encourage anyone to wear clothes out of lost and found uh because it's 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 gross. I mean it's <coughs> it just it just you are basically wearing garbage. And and <laughs> Those things do belong to someone else. They have not been even turned into a consignment store or a thrift store or a Salvation Army to be properly laundered and put on a hanger for you then to consider fresh. This now is ownerless and it belongs to me. There is always that case that while abandoned, it may belong to somebody else. However, while I don't necessarily, I would never take this path myself. Oh, wait a minute. I did do that once. Sorry, I have to reconsider my whole decision now. (laughs) For example, I have uh, a scarf that I recovered from the lost and found at the uh, Coolidge Corner movie house in Brookline, Massachusetts, where I grew up, that went unclaimed for a long time. And it's a beautiful scarf. I've had it now for almost 20 years, and I still own it today and it still haunts my neck with the memory of another owner. Uh, but all the same, there can be no question that uh, my scarf and these pants were effectively unclaimed for a reasonable period of time, that they had become public property, and that uh, there was no question in my mind going into this that Seth, the one who knows all the lines from Inherit the Wind, <laughs> and the Juilliard Graduate, uh, had was not uh, in error in choosing to put garbage pants on his body and wear them around as though they were new. And I expected to be completely unmoved, Stephen, um, by your uh, by your arguments. But let's face it, your hard scrabble, common sense, newsy style arguments, <laughs> <laughs> from the, your street smarts, kind of wore me down a little bit. Because at the end of the day, you guys have known each other for a long time, and. I was convinced that you did not know that you are, you are, you take terrible care of your pants. Not just your belongings, but your pants. Things that should not be leaving one's body under normal <laughs> circumstances, um, without going into a pool or copulating. <laughs> <laughs> you are losing pants left and right to the point where you wouldn't even know where to begin to look. While I found that to be bizarre and, frankly, embarrassing, given your precarious financial position as a person from the poor suburb of St. Paul, (laughs) who could only go to Syracuse in order to study acting, it's still, in in its embarrassment, it convinced me of your sincerity, that you honestly didn't know where your pants were. And it was not until they they strode uh, into the room, on braggy Seth's long juilliard trained legs that you <laughs> realize exactly where they were on the body of your friend, and at that point, I have to say that that if you are if you are wearing something from Lost and Found, even if it has been unclaimed reasonably unclaimed for a long period of time, and someone sees you wearing this thing and says. You know what? That's mine. I lost that a long time ago. And you have every reason to believe that they're telling the truth, including photographic evidence. And especially if that's someone that you've grown up with, uh, you ought to give it back. (laughs) Life is too short to be going around wearing pants of indeterminate length and indeterminate ownership. That's weird. Therefore, I am compelling Seth to take his pants off. (laughs) (laughs) because they are not his pants anymore, and give them back to his old, poor, orphaned friend, <laughs> Stephen, so that he will have something to wear, because the guy is losing pants left and right. And you, Juilliard, you're going to go on to great things. You're going to follow in the footsteps of other Juilliard graduates, like Robin Williams. That guy owns a lot of comfortable pants. <laughs> this is the sound of a gavel. <laughs> Judge John rules, that is all. Please rise as Judge
0: John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Seth, just as Stokely Carmichael took on both the class system and the world of American race, so did Judge John Hodgman take on both class and the world of American pants. <laughs> How are you feeling after this brutal rebuke?
2: Uh, well, I, I got to say I'm a little disappointed to part with the pants. i had grown fond of them, but I, I trust... Judge Hodgman's uh, brilliance, and uh, I will return the pants uh, this evening when Stephen and I show up for our performance.
0: Do you think you'll ever be able to find the $19 that they cost at the <laughs> discount clothier h <laughs> and H&M?
2: Um I, I, I'll see what I can do. Maybe I can find a matching pair and Steven and I can wear them uh, when we hang out.
0: Stephen, it sounds like uh, this is quite the, this was quite the turnaround for you. Were you surprised by the decision?
3: I, I am, yes, especially uh, judging by uh, Judge Hodgman's uh, uh, initial feelings about the case.
0: Have you considered joining the IWW, the Wobblies?
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, what's that?
0: International
1: Workers of the World? I don't know. It's a trade Jesse, Jesse, you can't. You know what? You can't. He didn't go to a left-leaning Ivy League college like you did. <laughs> or me. <laughs> this, guy, this guy is from the streets. He doesn't know the... <laughs> Doesn't know the history of the IWW John the union makes us strong <laughs> I know that you and your your leather elbow tweed jacketed wearing leftist professors like to talk about the wobblies all day long <laughs> this guy this guy's making a hard scrabble living as a puppeteer he doesn't have time to read all that stuff he's not gonna Look, know what you're talking about maybe I didn't get a complete
0: picture of the world from my ivory tower at the <laughs> University of California Santa Cruz <laughs>
1: here's the thing I made this judgment truly I mean uh, uh, completely unbiased because I knew I was going to get free tickets to the show either way it's <laughs> a show that I've wanted to see for a long time and I, and, and, yeah, I knew that if I went with Seth Juilliard trained actor I'd probably get house seats if I get tickets from, uh, from Stephen I'm probably going to have to watch the show from inside a fake horse <laughs> <laughs> you know what they
0: say Judge Hodgman there's no business like show business Annie Get Your Gun, Herbert Fields, Irving Berlin, Dorothy Fields, 1946.
1: Sinner, give that man your pants. Inherit the
0: wind. (laughs) We'll see you next time on the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. Judge Hodgman, it is so nice to be back in the courtroom after my uh, after my brief sabbatical.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry it's such a mess, Jesse. I just it's not been the same without you here to pick up my my mugs and handkerchiefs. I've gotten a lot of email complaints about this crash, Jake character. Jake was great, but he wouldn't clean up my mugs and my pants and put them in my cubby the way I like, and all my smashed gavels.
0: The only cubby that he appreciates is his cubby on Air Force One. Excuse me. And Marine
1: and Marine, marine one. one. Marine One. Yeah, sorry. Shall um, we
0: shall we clear the docket, Jesse? Here's a question from Sarah. She says My husband Matt believes that there is a statute of limitations, his exact words, on how long you can leave an item in the fridge, freezer, or pantry before it becomes public property and safe to poach. As there are only two of us living in our home, it means that he is the one that poaches said public property foodstuffs from me. His logic continues even to items that he has bought specifically for me, such as cake for my birthday or Valentine's Day chocolates. What? Oddly, his internal judgment of when an item has been left for too long without being eaten varies, giving me no warning as to when he might eat something that is specifically mine. This issue mostly occurs with sweets, but it has been known to ex- he has been known to extend his methodology to other foods. The hot button food that seems to be the most frustrating for Matt is ice cream. We'll buy separate flavors and he'll eat his in two servings, and I will eat mine over the course of weeks in small portions. The ice cream in the freezer calls to him, taunting him to eat its remains.
1: First of all, you're married, so you share property. Technically, There is a statute of limitations after which food in the refrigerator becomes public property. That is when it becomes spoiled, disgusting garbage and should then be thrown away by either one of you. The light of day is the best disinfectant. You ought to see what you look like, sir, under the light of your kitchen light at 3 o'clock in the morning when you're eating your wife's birthday cake and shoving her frosted name down your throat. That is not seemly, sir. Stop it. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman.
4: I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. And you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura Frames.
1: Hey, Mother's Day is coming up. Do you have a mom in your life that you'd like to celebrate? There are very few better ways than giving an Aura frame to someone you care about. These are beautifully Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos of your memories with your mom, -mom, stepmom, mentor, friend, uh, whatever it is in your life who might enjoy seeing photos from your life. Aura frames are the way to go.
4: Judge, there's a very special mom in my life, Ms. Teresa Thorne. Yes, uh, that's my wife, and also a, a whole human being in her own right. Guess what's Guess what's on her bedside table? Yes, that's right. You guessed it in one an aura frame. <laughs> what I love about the aura frame is you don't have to load a bunch of stuff onto an SD card or whatever, like with the old digital frames. It is so easy to get the pictures on there. So like when Teresa texts me a cute picture of one of our children or our dog uh, or one of our siblings texts us a cute picture of one of them or one of their children, uh, all I have to do is hit that share button on my phone and I can share it right to the frame and then it lives there for as long as I want. I can also take it off whenever I want, but I don't even have to open the Aura Frames app, which is a great app. But I don't right. even have to go there. It just goes straight into wherever I want it, uh, whichever frame I want, or I have multiple Aura frames in my house, or all of them. Uh, it is incredibly easy. That's why Wire Cutter chose it as the best digital photo frame. That's why it's one of Oprah's favorite things. Uh, it is guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages.
1: Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame.
4: That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use the code Hodgman at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Stitch
1: Fix. You know that boost of confidence you get when you put on an outfit that just feels good? You know what that's like. That's what I get when I use Stitch Fix. With Stitch Fix... You get a human stylist, not AI, a human being who understands your style, size, and budget. They do all the shopping for you, and it's the easiest way to update your wardrobe this season or any other.
4: This professional stylist picks the clothes. They can either send you a box where anything you don't want is unbelievably easy to return, or they can make a little storefront for you just from stuff that they recommend for your taste and your body. Uh, it, It is an absolutely incredible service they give you styling advice outfit recommendations the whole thing soup to nuts and like i said if you don't want it if you don't like it it is unfathomably easy to send it back they give you an envelope that's big enough that has the postage and the labels on it all you have to do is shove the thing in there close it up and drop it off at your local mailing center it is that easy
1: can I also say the stuff that my stylist at Stitch Fix picks for me? I really like it. Like they know me and it's really terrific. Plus, if you've got small people in your life, sadly, my small people are now adults shopping for themselves. But if you've got little kids, it's a terrific way to, to get togs for your kids. Style that makes you feel as you, as you want to look, get started today at stitchfix.com slash JJHO. That's stitchfix.com slash JJHO. Stitch, fix slash J-J-H-O.
2: Hi, this is Biz, and this is the final season of One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. This is going to be a year of celebrating all that makes this podcast and this community magical.
1: I'm so glad that I found your podcast.
4: I just cannot thank you enough for
1: just being the voice of reason as I'm trying to figure all of this out. Thank you and cheers to your incredible show and the vision you had to provide this space for all of us.
2: This is still a show about life after giving life. And yes, there will be swears. You can find us on MaximumFun.org. And as always, you are doing a great job. All
3: right, class, tomorrow's exam will cover the extinction and de-extinction of the dodo, PowerPoint as an art form, and the history of Eurovision. Any questions? Uh, yes, you in the back.
0: Oh, uh, what is this?
3: It's the podcast Let's Learn Everything, where we learn about science and a bit of everything else. My name's Tom, I studied Cognitive and Computer Science, but I'll also be your teacher for Intermediate Emojis.
1: My name's Caroline, and I did my Master's in Biodiversity Conservation, and I'll be teaching you Intro to Things the British Museum Stole. My name's Ella, I did a PhD in Stem Cell
2: Biology, so obviously I'll be teaching you the history of fan fiction. Class meets every other
1: Thursday on Maximum Fun.
0: So do I still get credit for this? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Obviously not. No. It's a podcast. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. The Judge John Hodgman Podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support this show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org. donate The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Matt Gorley. His great podcast, by the way, is called Super Ego. You can find it in iTunes or online at GoSuperEgo.com. You can find John Hodgman online at areasofmyexpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, email us and be sure and include your telephone number. The email address is hodgman at maximumfun.org. If you have thoughts about the show, you can always comment on it on our message board, forum.maximumfun.org.
4: We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast.